Welcome to All About Books on NET Radio. I'm your host, Pat Leach, Director of Lincoln City Libraries. Around the late 1980s and early 90s, I kept coming across wonderful books published by a small company called Algonquin Books of Chapel Hill. Those books included Joe by Larry Brown, Ellen Foster by Kay Gibbons, Clover by Dory Sanders, and one of my all-time favorites, Walking Across Egypt by Clyde Edgerton. Algonquin Books continues, now under the ownership of Workman Publishing. Algonquin's website describes their beginning this way. In 1983, Algonquin Books set up shop in a woodshed behind co-founder Louis Rubin's Chapel Hill, North Carolina home. He and Shannon Ravenel founded Algonquin as an independent press devoted to publishing literary fiction and nonfiction by undiscovered writers, mostly from the South. When I attended national library conventions, I always sought out their booth, hoping that they would have there some of the readers I'd come to love, maybe signing books or making presentations. I was thrilled when I met author Clyde Edgerton in person and had him sign a copy of Walking Across Egypt for a Good Friend. Over the years, Algonquin had slipped from my mind, but it was brought back by a book I recently reviewed, Paper Bullets, Two Artists Who Risked Their Lives to Defy the Nazis, which was published by Algonquin. So when I was looking for my next good book to read, I called up their website and was delighted to see that another of my favorites from their group of authors, Julia Alvarez, had a new novel out called Afterlife. Afterlife picks up from her earlier novels, including How the Garcia Girls Lost Their Accents, which followed the book In the Time of the Butterflies, about four sisters and their journey from Trujillo's time in the Dominican Republic through immigration to the United States in the 1960s. I recall reading and enjoying those books, but was pleased that I didn't need to recall them very specifically in order to enjoy Afterlife, which is set in contemporary Vermont, focusing primarily on one of those Garcia girls, Antonia, called Tony by her sisters. She has retired from her position as a professor and she unexpectedly finds herself a widow. Of course, she is engaged in all kinds of adjustments as a result of that loss. As Alvarez shapes this novel, Antonia must also respond to a couple of unexpected crises. Her sister Izzy disappears on her way to visit her sisters, and it becomes very apparent that Izzy's struggles with mental health are intensifying. And a pregnant, undocumented young Mexican woman appears on Antonia's doorstep. Through the course of this story, there's an ongoing sense of Antonia very often returning in her thoughts to Sam, her late husband, wondering what he would do in the situations that confront her, feeling like he was the one of the two of them who would better handle what is before her now. Quite a bit of this story, told by an omniscient narrator, happens in Tony's head. For instance, she writes, On her way home from the airport in Burlington, Antonia's spirits plummet. The drive has beautiful views of the lake, the green mountains, the Adirondacks, rays of light filtering through breaks in the clouds, creating radiant spotlights, God highlighting some beloved patch in his creation. But who to turn to and say, look at that? Better to note the sad, dreary thing she wouldn't want to share with anyone 
The trees have not yet leafed out, forlorn clumps of abandoned nests visible in their skeletal branches. The birds are few and far between. They probably know not to head north until they can be sure their bird feeder stops are stocked. The lake looks glassy, reflecting a gray sky. But even that can be deceptive. The thin ice, children skating on a pond at the edge of the woods. Maybe Antonia herself will go missing, drive south until the hills turn emerald and the sky a tender blue that triggers wonder, wonder, wonder. Antonia's grief rang true to me. She's aware of how others view her differently because of her loss, and she thinks often of Sam, her late husband. It's clear that he's still at the center of her heart. An interesting detail for Nebraskans, as Alvarez drew him, Sam was from Nebraska. Among the things Antonia encounters that tugs at her heart is a Cornhusker cap he wore. In real life, Alvarez's husband, Bill Eichner, is from Papillion, Nebraska, I'd wondered if perhaps he had died, inspiring Alvarez to write about a widow, but no, he's alive. A widow myself, I think Alvarez succeeded in the delicate balancing act of developing Antonia's character, so alone in so many ways now, but also in all kinds of relationship to others. Her sisters play a huge role in her life, as they did in the previous books about them. She draws each sister distinctively and then puts them into patterns together that are both expected and surprising. Alvarez packs an awful lot into 246 pages. Of its relatively short length, she said in an interview, I wanted to write a short, intense novel. Call it lyrical, call it obsessive. I felt that this was a form that would embody how to live in a diminished world. It also explores how you tell stories in a diminished form. I love when form reflects content in that way. The relationship that Antonia builds with the young mother and father, people with no money and even less status, also explores the complexity of background of Spanish-speaking Americans and immigrants to America. Antonia is their reluctant savior, and yet she figures out how to do what needs to be done with Sam seeming to look over her shoulder, whispering encouragement. It had been years since Alvarez wrote a novel about the Garcia girls. The pause did not diminish her skill. In an interview with NPR, she said this about the role that reading plays during this era of COVID. She said, It's about being together apart. I've thought a lot about because that phrase has been bandied, and I thought, well, now that's a definition of reading. And I think what I've always felt with books that I've loved and what I would want my readers to feel is accompanied. And that's finally why I turned to writing for that deeper connection and for that deeper sense of belonging. Alvarez doesn't tie up all of the loose ends neatly and happily, and that is part of Antonia's progress. Her connections to those around her and her observation that things break, they are broken, and still very often, they are beautiful. The book is Afterlife, a novel by Julia Alvarez, published in 2020 by Algonquin Books of Chapel Hill. You've been listening to All About Books on NET Radio. Podcasts of this and other programs are available online when you visit netnebraska.org slash radio. For All About Books, I'm Pat Leach. All about
About Books is supported by The Coinery, buying and selling coins, gold bullion, and offering collectors supplies and out-of-print books on Nebraska and the Great Plains. The Coinery, since 1964, owned by Jim McKee, located in the Piedmont Shops at Cotner and A in Lincoln.